This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. When the government takes too much control, takes things out of our pocket, gives, puts up these rules, these regulations, they're costly. They're like speed bumps. They stop us from being everything we can be. They stop us from doing everything we can do. They stop us from reaching the potential that we're all shooting for. It stops us. And we're not going to be stopped. America's not going to be stopped. We're going to fight through it. We're going to win at the end. But these are the burdens that we have. And it's okay. It's okay to still love America. Burdens and all. It's still love America. Even with a president that's calling half of us names. Racist. Calling us all kinds of names because of, we, we you know, we're so... We're so protective of the Second Amendment. It's a big deal, that Second Amendment. It's a really big deal. And then you listen to the president, and, and, and so is the Supreme Court decision about guns. That's a big deal. About abortion, that's a big deal in a good way, okay? Can it, should it start a dialogue and discussions and conversations? Okay, I got it. I'm good with that. Why are we all good with that? Why is it, why is it that the left is never good with anything if it's not everything they want? Why? He wears black denim trousers and motorcycle boots and a black leather jacket with his name on the back. He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Ride Radio. His name is New York Mike, and welcome to the show. This is Roll Right Radio on New York Mike. All right, what do we want to talk about today? Definitely want to talk about Elon Musk. Elon Musk goes and says, uh, uh, he's, he's not going to do Twitter, and Twitter says they own a billion dollars, and he says they didn't disclose all the stuff about bots, so they're going go to they're gonna go to a legal mat, you know, and they're going to, okay. And then you've got, uh, we just went through the whole Johnny Depp thing with uh, his ex-wife Amber Heard. We watched that for, what, a month? On the other hand, we, we saw the um, Kyle Rittenberg trial that was what i don't know how long that was at least another month so we've seen all these trials all over the all this stuff and i want to talk about white white privilege white privilege yeah it's interesting that i i i I don't know how to describe this so i'm not writing it down but what i want to talk about is the idea that Elon Musk has the ability, therefore, quote unquote, the privilege of dallying with um, Twitter. And, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he's wrong. Twitter has obviously done things that favored the left wing in, in a big way and might have been somewhat um, responsible for the election of. Uh, Joe Biden, the the stolen election by Joe Biden, which included a lot of this um, left-leaning, Joe Biden-leaning kind of news reporting and fake reporting and all the rest of it. So it's it's not that I'm siding with with Twitter or or with uh, with with Elon. I'm just saying that here this gets on display, and the, the people realize. That in order to play at that level, you have to be able to pay the legal fees. I'm sure there's other fees, accounting fees and whatever, but the legal fees. And it's the same thing. We just watched this fascinating uh, lives put on the big screen for everybody to see Johnny Depp and his ex-wife. And think about it. If you want to sue somebody for that kind of money, for any kind of money, you got to be able to pay the legal fees. Who has that kind of privilege and if you had that kind of privilege you and i would we use it in that in that way in that manner would we use i don't know what it costs hundreds of thousands millions in some cases and then then when i as i was saying that i started thinking of kyle rittenhouse who is up for murder when clearly he he gets a legal team and I, i don't think that was the first legal team he had and it took a monumental effort for that team, and I don't know the cost, and I don't know who paid for it. But what if Kyle Rittenhouse hadn't captured the imagination of, of enough Americans to, to, to fill whatever bank accounts he had to fill with enough money to pay these lawyers? Well, if these lawyers didn't come out of the woodwork and just say, 
we're going to do this for some, I don't know, what's pro bono, you know, free kind of thing, or contingency. There's so many this contingency. Well, if we, if we win, we'll get paid. If we don't win, we won't get paid. So we'll pay us. How does that all work? Every time somebody's out there. And it, look, I, I'm not saying there aren't people who are, who, who are maybe not that poor or destitute, but don't have the kind of money that it takes to defend a lawsuit. And so what happens? They have to go to a lawyer who's going to take their case on the contingency. Only if the lawyer thinks that he or she is going to win the case. How do we get to this point in America where so much, I mean, if you don't think it's pervasive everywhere, go down the road and start paying attention to the big billboards. I, I don't know if half of them are lawyers, but there's a big percentage of all the billboards on all the freeways and all the highways in all of America that are billboards that are advertising for, for lawyers. Yeah, truck accidents, Especially the big trucks. Yeah, if you've had a big rig, 18 wheeler hit you and you're an accident. I mean, they, 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 they want all this stuff. Everything is a everything's a lawsuit today. Somebody gets mad and angry and uses foul language. <laughs> I don't know what the definition of assault. Battery is when you actually hit somebody. Assault, assault and battery. And assault, you, 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 you yell at someone, you open your mouth, you look at them and scream, that's assault. When you actually hit them, that's battery. So wh where does it end? Where does it go? For the, the longest time, I, as, as the owner of San Diego Harley-Davidson, I always looked at all these events that seemed to be sponsored by all these law firms. And what were they doing? They were everywhere. Everywhere you ride a motorcycle, every event you go to, there is another law firm. And I'm not going to name any of them because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm serious about that, by the way. It's, I'm not laughing. I'm, I'm really not. It's kind of like ironic and funny. But as I think about it, I don't want someone to sue me because their particular firm gets mentioned in some disparaging way, which I'm, I'm mentioning all of them in a very disparaging way. <laughs> I, I, I think that's appropriate. I've often said to people that ask me, and I said, you know, I, I grew up at Kennedy Airport. My dad struggled as a cab driver there and when he got his um, insurance license, you know, when he was in his 30s, he went from a cab driver at Kennedy Airport to insuring all the cab drivers and limousine people and everything else at the airport. And then he went on to insure cargo car. I mean, he built an insurance business at Kennedy Airport. And when he died, I stepped up and, and built the real estate. And, and you find out, everybody talks about the uh, Lufthansa, was it Lufthansa? Yeah, whatever the highest was. And that was a big deal, but I don't know how many millions of dollars. And I think that movie, Goodfellas, was kind of a, started off about that, that heist. And then, it, of course, it spread around to... I grew up in that environment. I grew up in that environment in, in, in Brooklyn, in Sheepshead Bay, where I grew up. And then when my dad went to the airport driving the cab and by the way he also managed the a, a little hotel at the airport on the rockaway boulevard called the continental hotel yeah it was all all mob controlled everything was mob controlled and you lived in that environment well i remember and i, and I used to used to say this I, I i had a lot of a lot of obviously in order to build a the business that i built at kennedy I mean, my company, Jetports Brokerage, was it at Kennedy Airport if you wanted any kind of real estate. I did that by hard work. But sometimes driving in from where I lived, about a half an hour, 45 minute drive, depending on traffic, as I got closer to the airport, I had to pull over and puke because I knew what I was going to be dealing with for the rest of the day, the rest of the week. That's what it was. And it wasn't easy. Because as much as, look, I've been to more weddings and funerals of, of of gangsters and they've been to you know to events that I've had and and I call a lot of these a lot of these guys my friends and they weren't we'd hang out at night we go to dinner we talk they live normal lives they did fundraisers for things I was the I was the um, first president of the uh, Rotary Club at Kennedy Airport yeah there, there were different elements in that club all doing good things for the community absolutely but when I compare that to my dealings with lawyers today, even going back then, 
except there were a few that were, I think it was a little different, before the age of the advertising, and, 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 and where it's just, I mean, what, what the mob did then was basically extortion. Yeah, they went to the mom and pop businesses, the truckers. I knew a lot of these trucking companies. They didn't want to be part of the union. They didn't want to be part of it. They had, they had to make their payoffs. Guys who had big warehouses had to, had to pay off not to have to hire three or four people that they didn't need because the union would force them to hire those people and they had to make payments. That's extortion. Nothing, in my opinion, compared to the extortion that is the, the what, what you call it, the legal industry. I don't know what you call it. I mean, it's, 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 it shouldn't be legal. It really, extortion should not be legal. But it is. Look what they did to General Flynn. They bring General Flynn up on charges that he lied to the FBI under oath. Which, from what I've seen, he did not. But they brought him up on charges and he fought it. Because he said, yeah, you're wrong. Take a look at it. What makes a man fight those charges? The belief that he's right. The belief that he's going to win. But what happened? He ran out of money. That's what happens to so many. Take a look at how many, what percentage of all these cases actually go to trial. Very few. Because it always makes sense to settle. If you win, you lose. Even if you win. And in most cases, and that's what a lot of these lawyers are going to say, oh, right, everybody has insurance. It's not like you didn't have insurance for it. And of course, if you didn't have insurance, we'd settle for a lesser amount. But no, 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 no. No, that's, that's not how it works. Because you think it's a free ride because the insurance company pays? No, 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 no. I was in the insurance business. Yeah, at Kennedy Airport, I also owned an insurance brokerage that insured truckers and freight forwarders and, and all that. And what's happened is, if you want to get garage keepers legal liability, your insurance policy, because you have trucks and cars and motorcycles, that, that legal liability used to cost X. Now it's X times 10. <laughs> Why? Because of all the settling. If everybody fought every suit, then it would be, it would be a, a, a fraction of what it is. Because most of these suits, they're either frivolous or they're wrong or they're outright, what did I just say? Extortion, which is what it is. And, and the fraternity looks at it, you don't need to know if it's a winning suit or a losing suit. He just needs to know the probability that it's going to cost more to defend it than it's worth. <laughs> I mean, the odds are, so they're going to settle these things. And the vast majority is settled. I don't know if that's 80, 85 percent, some of the numbers I've heard. You know, sometimes they're here over 90 percent. But whatever that number is, it's a big number. And what happens? Look, let's just say, okay, it's easy, right? Except that little by little, the insurance pool, the national pool, the insurance just goes up and up and up. You know, they, they talk about climate change and now climate change is going to, you know, it's going to go from, you know, whatever it is today, up by maybe uh, one or two percentage points in a hundred years or something. And they're all like, oh, the world's coming to an end. Oh, it's so terrible. Oh, it's so this and so that. Yeah, but that's what happens. This slow incremental cost of doing business. It costs us all. There is no such thing as a free lunch. If you think that you're settling and the insurance company's paying, it's going to cost you something. Eh, you know, a few hundred bucks here, a few thousand bucks there. But the insurance company's going to pay the, the settlement 20 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand, 150 grand, whatever the number is. Oh, no, let them pay. Okay. But it's, you know, pretty soon your premium is going from 10,000 a month to 12,000 a month. That's the way it is. And that's what's happened to America. What do we do about that? And, and, and of course, the, the people with the money, they can afford these lawyers. They got to have them on staff. I had to have lawyers on staff at San Diego Harley-Davidson. Yeah, because, I, you know, yeah, we paid contingency fees and we paid ongoing whatever fees and, 
and then when they go, when they actually get a case, they got to handle it. There's more fees, and yes, the insurance companies pay, but then they got to pay. I mean, on and on and on, and it, and you talk about distraction. It's so distracting when you're when when your your employees, your general managers, and your salespeople, and you, they all got to go, and they all got to get their statement. That's a day. Then your attorney's got that's a day. And by the way, when the opposing opposing term, ter, attorney is doing it, and that's a day, you got to pay your attorney for a day. Deposition, that's what it's called. They're being deposed. Yeah, and and whenever there's that lawsuit, the people got to get deposed, and they got to and it takes so much. It's a day out from the office. It's it's going to work. It's going to it's instead of work. It's going to a to a, a, a law firm someplace. For a full day, and you got to pay the guy. You got to pay him for lunch, and transportation, and everything else. That's what it is, and it's ongoing. It, it, it it's very. I mean, we talk about distractions. It's very disconcerting. Let me use that word. As a whole, you open up a business, and look what they're doing to cop. I just thought to say, you, you open up a business, and you got to factor in all these costs. Not just for the lawyers, but the time for employees and the time. I mean, everything's a lawsuit. In California, I'm not familiar with most other states anymore. I've been here so long. In California, you have to give everybody a, a, a call the coffee break. And then you have to give everybody a lunch break. Now, if, they, if an employee, someone like me, comes along. <laughs> if I was some of these employees, when I was some of these employees, I want to get the job done. I want to work as hard as I can all day long. Yeah, I want to break for lunch. I want to grab a sandwich. You know, <laughs> I mean that's what we did as quickly as possible. Now the guys behind the parts counter get paid X amount of dollars plus commissions based on sales. That's what it is. So we, we, we some of them are better sales people than others of them, and then and it goes up and back depending on the month, depending on whatever, and they make money because they sell. Do you think they want to go to lunch on a on a Saturday afternoon when there's five people deep online, and and the, the two other sales guys are going to take over? I mean, then what are they going to say to the people? Okay, you guys stay here. I'll be back in an hour because they got to take that hour lunch. Now I know people. This did not happen to me, but it's happened to friends, where some some employee gets fired, and next thing you know. There's a lawsuit, and that lawsuit is about the how many hours that they worked and didn't didn't get the full a full lunch break or a full coffee break or whatever. The, you know, it could have been them saying to the boy, "Listen, I'm going to stay here, guy, because I, I you, you got ten people online and I got to take care of your people." But those ten people are his people because he's going to make how much money off each sale. So he or she doesn't want so, and and you you go. And then you figure it out after the first or second time. No, no, no. Take off. Leave them at the counter. Somebody else will pick up that sale. Go to lunch. And do not come back for an hour. And if I want to see your time card. I mean, that's what you got to do. So these are the things that build up. These are the things that, that, that take a look at what they're doing to the cops. Not only are they defunding the police, but they're also taking away the, the protection that's offered by the city or the state or whatever, that if they get sued, the city covers them or the state covers them. But no, in so many places now, you, you don't see that anymore. They're taking it away. There's a name for it, but whatever that name is, it means you sue the cop. He or she has to provide their own insurance or they're on their own. So you, more and more places where this is happening... And now you got Biden out there. You know, I hate talking disparagingly about the president of the United States. I just had a friend of mine put something on Instagram. He's, he's, he's in Washington. He, he's a good guy, retired military guy, works for, works for the government, kind of sort of. And he put on a picture of him and his family with the president. And it was, you know, pretty nice, except, of course, it's President Biden. <laughs> so I sent him something with... I really like this guy, and I really like what he does. And we've never talked about politics the way, you know, like, who do you like or don't like. He's 
he's not, he doesn't have a political job, put it that way. But he's a good guy. So I, I made a comment on, on the pictures that he put with, you know, him and his family, with the president and all this. And I mean, it wasn't a bad comment, but it wasn't, clearly I had a little dig in it. So he sent me back a, 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 a whole thing of him with President Trump. <laughs> I, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty good. But the point is, not that he's showing me he's with Trump to balance how he's with Biden, no. The point is that these things, here's a guy who lives on the East Coast. I see him a couple of times a year, maybe. Um, but there's that sidecast, that, that, that feeling that he understands that this is something that bothers me. I'm not sure what bothers him. But, you know, I appreciate him sending me the, the post with President Trump. All that means to me, which is all I think he's telling me, is he doesn't care about the person's name. It's the President of the United States. And, and he's going to show that office the respect it deserves. Well, good. I appreciate that. And, and I understand it. And I, but I think for the most part, most people would take it a little differently. And maybe I should take it a little differently. Like, okay, I get it. Yeah, you, you really didn't like the guy. You just did that. But you like Trump because you got... I mean, I, it's, the point is we're so divided. And this country is at the point where people are just willing to criticize the entire country because they despise a president or Congress or some act or some law or some, and I understand it because that's how I feel, but I'm not going to criticize my country. I'm going to discuss it like I'm doing right here. This is sidekiss in the country of, of being critical in a, in a bad way of America. We should always be critical of our country. That's our job as citizens. That's, we have elections for that. We vote people in, we vote people out. That's our way of criticizing things. We, we let the we, we let the leadership know how we feel about things. That's totally appropriate. But to constantly, constantly negatively criticize this country as a, as a bad country, as, a, as an evil country, as a, as a country founded on slavery, as a country that's unfair to women, as a country. And you know, take a look at the, when we say we're the greatest country in the world, we mean we treat Every person, every group, every everything better than anybody else does. We give people, individuals, more freedom, more ability to succeed in life than anybody else does. Does that mean that? Does that mean that, that everything's hokey dokey, hokey dory? <laughs> so it's all good now. No, like I just said about the trials and tribulations of being in business or just being a person, being a cop, being in, and dealing with lawyers, dealing with these legal issues, dealing with not just the cost, but the aggravation, the time, the distraction from life, everything. That's like dealing with the mafia. That's exactly what it is. You don't think so? You deal with the mafia, they come to collect money, and you get three of your cousins to stand at the door and step up behind them and put a forty-five in his head and say, you come back, we're going to talk to each other in the same language that we understand. Boom! You're, not, you're probably not going to see that guy again. It's just the way it is. I mean, I've seen guys do things at Kennedy Airport with trucking companies. Guys who are friends of mine stand up. Stand up to the mob. And then, and then you go, you know, it's scary, but you do it. Why? Because you reach a certain point. You say, bullshit. This is what I'm going to do. And then, I've seen guys do things that are, are crazy with their trucks. Anyway, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to name names, and it's hard to relay those stories without the names. But, but you know, I, I, I've seen it. If, if you step up, yeah. What, how do you beat that lawyer? Stepping up? It's going to cost you the same money as stepping down. It's easy to roll over. It's easy to say the... Whoever, hey, 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 you want 500 a week? Okay, okay. Just as long as, for the 500 a week, I also want protection of this. And I want that. Okay, okay, yeah, you got 500 a week. You know, a couple of years later, you're paying 1,200 a week. How'd it get to that point? Wait a minute. Hey, let's meet. 
Remember when it was 500 a week? Yeah, but hey, you know, I didn't know. Boom. If you think it's any different with the law firms or the mafia, you're wrong. The summons. Listen, I'd rather have someone point the gun in my head. Yeah, I could deal with that. A lot easier than serving me with a with a subpoena the parent court based on this law, or even the publication of a lawsuit. Well, you got, listen, let's say you got a business. Okay, what do you do? You sell whatever. I sold motorcycles. And you get that lawsuit in there. Where does it go? Because everybody sees it. So now, the lawyer for some company that you do a lot of business with, let's say you buy $50,000 worth of parts from some company, and you get sued by somebody else. The lawyer for that company that you do business with is going to call his client. Hey, I know you're doing business with Mike. I know you guys are friends, but you know there's a lawsuit against them? Now that you're gonna, you really want to send your bikes down there to get service? Well, let's say it's a, a police department or, or a private motorcycle service company, whatever. And, and the lawyer calls over and says, yeah, I see that they're being sued. and this, You know, that happens all the time. I've people take their bikes out of the service department because they, 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 they see that we're being sued. Maybe they found out through the lawyer, maybe just through their friends. And then, of course, you know, it goes away. But, you know, that happens. That happens to businesses all over the place. That's where we're living. That's a certain zeitgeist, but more importantly, when Colin Kaepernick get Neil down at the National Anthem, and if he was the only one and no one followed him, that'd be fine. But other people agreed, and the NFL didn't do anything to stop him. They didn't say, this is inappropriate behavior. Look, you want to protest, protest anywhere you want to protest, but not the national anthem. That's this, the whole country. So let's say, let's say Colin Kaepernick is right, which I think he's dead wrong, but let's just say he's right. Let's say there's a grievance about blacks in this country that they don't, but what do they get? Just like, what, what do I get? What do we all get? This is a country, you want people like me to join our military and put our lives on the line to fight for this country and then tell me you're not willing to nail for the, you're not willing to stand and salute for the national anthem? That's what I'm putting my life on the line for? That's what I'm encouraging my children to put their lives on the line for? For that flag, for that national anthem, for this country. And then you're going to tell me it's not worthy of standing and saluting? Not only is it not worthy of standing and saluting, but you're going to kneel in protest? Now, I know that in, just in the last week, I've, I've heard, and people who I know and who are close to me, and other people come and say, hey, did you see this, this Facebook thing? I've had people say that because, because of the overthrowing of Roe v. Wade, that women no longer have freedom in this country, all women, and that I'm not going to, this is other people's words, I'm no longer going to stand for the national anthem. Huh? You think that's okay? I, if I didn't die for this country, I saw other Americans standing right where I was standing die as I watched for this country. Not only die, get shot, get shot, lose their... Uh, one guy next to me lost his leg, was, was from the ankle, right, right next to him. Another guy shot. I mean, I, I, you see that. You see guys with sucking chest wounds laying there. You see it. You don't have to be it to see it. And and you're not going to stand for that. Why? Because you think you speak for every woman in America. Half the women in this country agree with with the decision about Roe v. Wade. And by the way, all that says is, hey, it's it's up to each individual state. Each. Each person, each citizen gets a chance to vote. The abortion issue is not going to be settled by nine judges. It's going to be settled by the American people. That's all it says. But you're too what? Too blind with your rage, with your personal, selfish, ridiculous belief that somehow this is affecting you in your life or all women in their lives? I, I, I can't even tell you how disgusting and selfish that comment is. To the every every person that served in this country, every person that died, every person that was wounded, every one of their families, 
That despicable coming. I won't stand for the national anthem. This is a country. And there's just as many people are affected. Let's, I mean, there are laws I hate. I, 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 I hate's a strong word. But I could say that about a law and I don't want to say about a person. But there are people I despise. There are people that make me sick, like Joe Biden, who I think is a corrupt, nasty, certainly a lousy politician, whether he's a president, a senator, whatever, whatever his job in politics. I always thought he was a, just a POS. And, and yet, I deal with him with respect. If I had met him during his time as a senator, I'd be respectful. I'd certainly be respectful to him as a president. Uh, I, you, you don't hear him. I mean, I do say he's an idiot. Yeah, because I think he is. But he's still the president of the United States. If I see him, I salute. I'm saluting the office. I'm not going to throw eggs at the White House. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to... I mean, what these people did to Donald Trump and General Flynn and... I mean, it, 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 it's distorted. You have a country that you need to cherish and love. If you don't, okay, leave it. Go someplace else. You know, you want your protest? I get a protest. Yes, okay. But don't antagonize people by following them in restaurants. Don't, don't, don't intimidate people and their families. That's not a way. That's not the, that's not the way to, to, to get what you want in America. Vote. Go out there and have these big rallies. Do what Donald Trump is doing. If you want, that's fine with me. I'm not going to condemn the country because Biden won. I'm not going to condemn the country that I never did because of 49 years of, of, you know, abortion on demand to the end of the term. And don't tell me no. That's what Democrats believe in. That's remember that governor of Virginia who was some sort of a doctor. I think it was a pediatrician. And he talked about killing the baby after it was born and calling it an abortion. I mean, come on. That's, that's what is going on in America. You know, people believe in, in that stuff. I don't. But did I, did I burn down things because that was the law of the land for 49 years? No. But that's what you want to do? Did I condemn America and not stand for the flag? Or leave the military? You know, when I went through... Coming back from Vietnam was horrible, horrible. And, and, and believe me, you know, I, I went to anti-war protest and stood up and tried to explain to these people what we're trying to do and why they, they were killing us. Talk about zeitgeist. I remember talking about flying over the rice paddies when, when there was, you know, things going on and calling in airstrikes and we would bring, we would come down on little 19, L-19 spotter planes. And you could always tell the Americans, They'd walk straight up with their fatigues, with their little white, at the time, white T-shirts. And they just, because why? Because they didn't have their heart in what they were doing. You know, even the Stars and Stripes, the military newspaper, was anti-war, was showing these anti-war rallies and marches and people protesting. And that, how'd that make us feel? And listen, it it didn't discourage me from doing my, I've, I've always been the person that makes up my own mind. And I saw what was going on. I met with the people in the villages. And I understood what was happening. And I, and, I, and I believed our mission was a noble mission. Okay? I hate war, any kind of war. Nothing's worth war. But, you know, war is an ugly thing, but not the ugliest of things. Yeah. So that's the zeitgeist we're talking about. And it's pervasive in the country today. People are walking around with their heads down. They're not proud. They don't have that spring in their step. I'm an American. This is the greatest country in the world. That's what we should say. Every country's got flaws. Everything has flaws. Everything in the world has flaws. There's nothing that's perfect. You don't like you don't like the new look of the abortion. You got the right to fight it. You got the right to protest and stand up and organize and rally and do whatever you got to do. We did it for 49 years, and I wasn't there all 49. In the beginning, I kind of thought it's okay. Didn't take me that long to realize that. No, this is not okay. Because I saw abortions when I was in high school all the time. And I thought, well, I'd rather have legal abortion than have illegal abortions behind closed doors. And I still feel the same way as that. It's like, you know, Bill Clinton, I mean, who, who would believe I'd be quoting Bill Clinton? I thought he was a creep. He is a creep. He is a creep. But he's still my president, right? Okay. 
but he did stand up and say abortion should be legal, safe, and rare. And he emphasized rare. And I, I don't see the benefit of making it illegal. I see the benefit of making it rare, making it something. But, but that's not the way the Democrat Party, the, the, the so-called pro-choice, pro-abortion, the pro-abortion legal led the country. They, they led with this romanticizing, and I use that word, romanticizing abortion. It's this great thing. They call it women's health. It's not health. Come on, how many cases? It's health, it's health if, if, if somehow it saves the life of the mother. Abortion never saves the life of the child. Abortion is, is never health. It's not women's health, except in that rare instance. And by the way, nobody I personally know, there was that one guy, I'll think of his name, but nobody I personally know think of we should have anything that says that you shouldn't have abortion in the case of incest, rape, and the, and the life of the mother. Now, I know in South Carolina, and I do know Christina, and, and I'm not sure how I agree with that about the rape situation, but rape, incest, and the life of the mother is pretty well accepted as exceptions to anything that's illegal. So, but we could talk about, we could meet, we could discuss, we could negotiate, we could try to find a, 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 a common ground between the left and the right. And yeah, the left isn't going to agree with it, and the right's not going to agree with all of it, but we'll agree that this is something that we can all live with, okay? We should be there. We should get there. We should work to get there. That's what the protest should be. Don't tell me, oh, I'm wrong. You know, I'm not telling you you're all wrong. You know, safe, legal, rare. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to talk. You're not all wrong. When you're all wrong when, when you denigrate America. You're all wrong when you say that America is some evil country. Why? Because you didn't get your way? That's wrong. It's, 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 it's not. And you're, you're causing great harm through the entire country and for the entire country by this attitude that's bringing down, bringing down all America, taking away our excitement about being American, our enthusiasm for our country and for everything it stands for, for taking a risk and going to a business and doing things that benefit the country. And how about the military? The military can't meet its recruiting quotas, can't come close anymore. Nobody's and, and, and it's not only because 71% of those people eligible aren't qualified. 71% unqualified because they don't have a high school diploma. They, they use drugs. They're obese. They can't, they can't meet the physical requirements. 71%. That should alarm us all. But no, that's, that's not where y'all are going. <laughs> you, you just don't get it, do you? This is a bad thing. I'm not saying we should draft everybody. I think it's a good thing if we did. I'm not sitting out here and putting on my podcast saying we should go out and lobby to, you know, to, to have a draft. Maybe, maybe it'd be a good thing. We should, we should be looking at it for a lot of different reasons, including military preparedness. But there's a lot of people in the military, a lot of generals, a lot of leaders, you know, they're, they're not all bad by the way. <laughs> who think that, you know, that would not be a good thing. They're not here to, you know, to herd the cats of every youth in America to straighten them out. It's not their job. Okay, I, I'm not, I, I don't have enough in my head right now to debate that. I, I think I could debate it, but I think they have a good point. And they're the ones in charge. And there's a lot of them that don't want to draft and think of volunteer army, military overall, Air Force, Army, Marines, Navy, Space Force. <laughs> they, they, they think we, we, are, we are better served with volunteers who are there because they want to be there. Each and every one of them. I get it. I get it. But I, it, 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 it's, we don't have enough qualified people. So what are you going to do? How are you going to meet those quotas? Those aren't quotas that are arbitrary. Hey, let's, let's make sure we get 20,000 more this month. That's not the way it is. They need certain people to fill certain spots. How many businesses in America today? We need help. Jobs available. Come on, come in. But how many? I mean, it's almost all of them. Everybody I talk to. Every time I go into a, 
shopping centers. There's signs on most of the doors, if not every door. Everybody needs help. Most of the places you go, the restaurants, the bars, and I have friends that own them, I'll go inside. Eh? Mike, it's going to be a little slow. We know we don't have enough help, but we'll do our best. I mean, every place, every place. My, the car dealerships that I go to, where I buy my cars and I bring them in for service. And I'm friendly with the owners and the GM. And they go, Mike, we're just so short on staff. I don't have enough guys. And I can't get enough people. I, I mean, everybody. Everybody's in the same situation. Why? Because America doesn't have the enthusiasm to support our capitalist economy. America has been sold a bill of goods by the Bernie Sanders contingent, the AOCs. <laughs> Plenty of people that I know really well, you know, who are proponents of communism because they think it's a free ride. They think the government's going to take care of them. Look, I don't want to call people names, but that's pretty stupid. Everybody says it was Margaret Thatcher when she was talking about socialism and communism. It's only a matter of time before you run out of other people's money. These people, do you really think the government has money? The government has no money. There is no income to the government. The only way the government has income is by taxing the citizens. Oh, and everybody goes, oh, well, just tax the wealthy. You're going to tax the wealthy until they don't have anything left. They're going to leave. They're going to go to tax havens. There's always going to be a tax haven. They're going to go someplace else. Nobody wants to work, even if they get lucky. I'd rather be lucky. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to work, make all this money, and give it to the government to give out the way they want. No, I want to spend it the way I want. Giving some to the government? Yeah. I've never had a problem with that. Now, Reagan knocked that rate down to, what, 28%? I'm okay with 28%. I was never okay with 50%. I remember when I started my first business. When my dad died, I started Jetports Brokerage, made some good money. Didn't know it, but I found out a year later that I had been in the 72% tax bracket. Oh my God, I owed more money to the government than I had. Because I didn't have that much left. I mean, oh. So, but I was not okay with that. So we learned how to deal with it. Okay, I get it. You're gonna say, oh, that's hypocritical. If the government said, it, you're the so good founder of the government, you're gonna do everything they say. No, nobody does everything the government says. Nobody. Nobody drives 55. <laughs> and now, what is it? 70, 75? Nobody, nobody, nobody. That's not what we do. But all of us don't go driving 110, okay? You know, there's a respectful amount. So there's a lot of people in today's quote-unquote higher tax bracket that do things to circumvent their, their, their situation. I mean, I, I get it. There's people that do this and that. I never had to, but there are people that do. And that's the way it is. You, you, you can expect it. Raise it too high, you're going to have basic and underground, an underground kind of a black economy, dark economy. I didn't mean that racially, okay? Stop it. But that's what's, that's what's going to happen when, you, when the government takes too much control, takes things out of our pocket, gives, puts up these rules, these regulations. They're costly. They're like speed bumps. They stop us from being everything we can be. They stop us from doing everything we can do. They stop us from reaching the potential that we're all shooting for. It stops us. And we're not going to be stopped. America is not going to be stopped. We're going to fight through it. We're going to win at the end. But these are the burdens that we have, and it's okay. It's okay to still love America, burdens and all. It's still love America, even with a president that's calling half of us names, racist, calling us all kinds of names because of we, we, you know, we're, so, we're so protective of the Second Amendment. It's a big deal, that Second Amendment. It's a really big deal. And then you listen to the president, and, and, and so is the Supreme Court decision about guns, that's a big deal, about abortion, that's a big deal, in a good way. Okay, Can it, should it start a dialogue and discussions and conversations? Okay, I got it, I'm good with that. Why are we all good with that? Why is it, why is it that the left is never good with anything if it's not everything they want? Why? It's, it, it's, it's wrong, it's unreasonable, it hurts America, and it, it, and, and it makes us feel 
for the last year and a half. Yeah, people might have been pissed off under Trump, but we weren't depressed. People didn't didn't despise America because we, we were we were fighting every day to make America first, to be proud of our country, to build up military and, and celebrate our, our, our first responders. Every day, that's what Trump did, every day. Yeah, and now it's the opposite. And a year and a half later, a year and a half later, you walk around this country. And by the way, the other thing about that is, I, I, I watch, you know, some of this Fox stuff, Jesse Waters interviewing people. And oh my God, they don't know, you know, they don't know the, the name of the, you know, the national anthem just starts talking about. They don't know who the first president, who's George Washington, simpletons. That's nothing new. I mean, <laughs> let me remind you, it was Johnny Carson, my earliest <laughs> recollections of the, the man on the street, funny moments on television, goes, Way back to Johnny Carson. That's that's over forty years ago, okay? That's almost fifty years ago. Johnny Carson was going out on the street, or having his people go on the street and interview people to find out how much they did not know about who we are. And it was funny at the time because it wasn't commonplace. It's not funny anymore. Yeah, we laugh a little bit, but it's not funny. It's pathetic. It's sad. But it's always been that way. It's been that way forever. It's like it's like I said in previous podcasts. You know. Things were worse. <laughs> they were really worse. But in today's worse, in today's where we are, it may hurt us more because of the, the messaging. Yeah, you know, the White House keeps saying it's the messaging. And we keep saying, no, it's the policy. Well, I'm saying the opposite for us as Americans. Yeah, the policy's bad. It's always been bad policy's been out there. There's always been, there's always been horrible things, and we've always got over them. The reason now that we're not is the messaging. The messaging is it's so horrible, so terrible that it makes us a horrible, terrible, evil country. It means that we were, you know, because of the 1619 Project or CRTs or, or whatever, that, oh my God, this is a horrible country born because of slavery. The only reason that we became a country because of slavery. I mean, my God, you listen to this stuff. It's, it's a horrible message, but people believe it. Where's the messaging about the Civil War? Where's the messaging? You know, they talk about Thomas Jefferson. I just read something, Monte, Monticello, that was his, his home in Virginia. I went there when I was a kid. Wow, a monument to greatness. And they say now, you know, the, the people that take you around and show you the place, they're all woke. They tell you how horrible he was because he was a slave owner. How terrible, it's, it's depressing. So now it's becoming depressing to be an American because it's, well, I'm not going to fall into that trap. And I know that there's millions of us, hopefully more than half the country, who agree with me. We're not going to fall into that trap. But there are a lot of people out there, those woke people, who are depressed about being Americans, who are upset that America is a, a horrible country, that women have no rights. What bullshit? But that's what they're saying. My wife wouldn't think that. A mother wouldn't think that. I mean, I, there's so many. Yeah, well, who are they to say what? What the other other people? Every woman you speak for every woman. Bullshit. The hell do you think you are? You selfish, self-centered. You just—it's ridiculous that that you, whoever you are, can say that you speak for all women just because you think that your rights were taken away because Roe v. Wade was overturned. Are you kidding me? How, how selfish, how ridiculous can, can you be and not see it? Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror, you self-centered piece of garbage that won't stand for the national anthem. Wake up. Wake up and smell the freedom. It's out there. This is the greatest country in the world in spite of you. Wake up and think about changing that attitude of yours. You want to change the country? Great. I'm all for you going out there and doing what you got to do. But remember, it's America. What makes us great is the ability to change, the ability to, again, to redress the, 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 the Congress, the laws. You can stand up and you can protest. And you can protest loudly. Just don't intimidate people. Don't go to justices' homes and threaten them and try to change their vote. And, and, and don't, don't listen to the Maxine Waters and the other Democrats that tell you to chase... Chase Republicans out of 
out of restaurants and if you see them in gas stations. I mean, what kind of bullshit is that? And you accept that? You vote for that? And you agree with other people who vote for that? Who you think that's the right thing to do? Because I feel differently than you do? Look, I felt differently about same-sex marriage. Not because I care if two men are living together or two women are living together in, in whatever they want to call each other. But once they said marriage, I said, wait a minute, we have a problem if they start teaching that, that a same sexual same sex, same gender sexual relationship is just as normal as a male-female sexual relationship. I said, that's wrong. That's just not right. But you don't like that? I get it. You won that, that little battle and you got your same-sex marriage. You don't see me going down the street yelling and screaming and protesting. I accept it. But I think the consequences I was concerned about was the teaching of any kind of sex to a five-year-old or younger, which is what they're doing, including including this multi-gender whatever. Multi-genders, really? This male and female. Okay, you won that one too right for right now. And, and then you're talking about gender fluidity. Oh, you're a little boy, you're five years old, but you, you think like a girl? Maybe you're a girl. Here, well, let's do this, little boy. That's pedophilia. That's my opinion. Do I condemn America as a nation? And it's, it's, not, it's way more than distasteful to me. It's way more. It's horrible. But I'm not going to condemn my country because we disagree. I'm going to do whatever I can do to help change that. Not because... I want to make it personal against you or people who agree with you. But it is personal when you denigrate the nation and don't stand for the national anthem. All right. That's it. <laughs> this was my show prep for today. <laughs> I might turn it into a podcast. I'm New York Mike. This is Roll Right Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being there. That's it. Let's roll right. I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio Podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.